Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast. we're supposed to be in a series called shipwrecks and um, next week I'm gonna be starting that series uh, we always have an idea of where we're gonna go but as a church we want to stay make sure that we stay open to where the Holy Spirit wants to lead us and direct us and not just get so keyed in on to what we think is an idea and a good idea but what we really want to listen to be a spirit-led church and where God and the Holy Spirit wants to lead and direct us especially when it comes to services um, and speaking and preaching, um, we want to make sure that we're following him and not our own good ideas. And so next week, we're going to start our series, Shipwrecks. And I'm going to be talking next week about what do you do when your timing doesn't line up with God's timing, when your plans don't line up with his plans. Because some of you are planners, man. You got the rest of this year planned out. You got next year planned out. You've got the next five years planned out. And I'm not even exaggerating. And I'm like, how do you do that, right? And, and it actually be a pretty accurate count. Um, I'm like, and, and what do you do when all your plans, when all your schedule, when everything you've been planning and dreaming and thinking about doesn't look like reality? Who wins out? Whose timing wins out? And we're going to be talking about that next week. So if you know somebody struggling, they're kind of in a season of storms, this is going to be a great series to invite them to come to church with you or to join you online. But today I want to talk to you about boogie board and love. Boogie board and love. Everybody say boogie board and love. Okay, that's the last thing I'm going to have you say today, okay? I'm probably lying. But hey, um, this past week we had the chance my family and I to go to Destin, Florida, get away for about a week um, on a vacation. And I fell back in love with boogie boarding. I hadn't been boogie boarding in a really long time. And if you wonder what it's like to go on vacation with me, imagine taking an eight-year-old boy constantly fueled up by sugar. That's me on vacation. I just love going, 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 going. Um, especially in the waves, I'm like, there's something cool to go do. Let's see if we can go kill ourselves, right? Um, we went parasailing, we went surfing, we went boogie boarding. Most of the time we went boogie boarding. Um, I was like, sitting is for losers. I'm not sitting, I'm doing something. Um, that's how I rest, that's how I enjoy. Um, and I remember going boogie boarding this past week. And um, one day on Tuesday, I was, I was, by myself. My family wanted to go because I have three, I have two daughters and one wife, so three, um, three ladies in my life, and um, they wanted to go shopping, and I was like, 
You know, I do not want to go shopping on a vacation. I, it's just, no, I don't want to do that. And so I was like, will you take me to the beach, Mom? And so Casey drove me to the beach, and I literally, I literally got out with my cooler of my snacks and my boogie board all by myself, and I walked down to the beach. And Casey was like, are you sure you're going to be fine? I'm like, just let me go play, babe. Just let me. All I was missing was like the zinc on my nose and the flippers, right? Like I was just like, I'm here and I'm ready to party. And so I was out there for like seven hours by myself. And Casey was like, are you, did you have fun? I thought you may have died. And I'm like, I had a blast. Like I had an absolute blast. And probably six of the seven hours, all I did was boogie board the whole entire time. And the waves were amazing. And while I was out there, it was like God was speaking. Sometimes God speaks to me like quietly and, you know, subtly. And it's just this real peaceful thing. But it was like God was speaking to me out of a fire hydrant. It was just like, whoa, like this. Um, about our relationships. And so many times we'll do a relationship series and then never talk about relationships again, right? Because we're like, oh, we hit that. But, but today I'm going to attempt to talk to all the single people, all the dating people, all the married people in one sermon that we usually make a whole series for a month. So buckle up. And I'm going to tell you, today I'm not going to be real nice. I'm just going to call it the way that it got told me. Um, I'm just going to speak to you the way the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And so parents, I want to come to you and at you first when it comes to how do you have a boogie boarding type of love, type of relationship that God wants you to have. Parents, let me, let me, let me start in with all the parents of teenagers, uh, of children, of young adults, let me just help you with this, is that you and I have a role when it comes to their relationships, when it comes to dating, when it comes to who they're picking as a spouse, who, who they, who's, a, who's even a candidate to date, and you and I have a job and a role, and it is this, our first point, teach them how to do it right. Teach them how to do it right. First day we got to the beach, my daughters had never been boogie boarding, and I was like, I have failed as a father, right? And so they were watching other people do it, and these other people weren't doing it right. I was like, that, that's not how you boogie board. I'm like, I, I'm, I don't know a ton of things, but I know that's not right. Like, you don't just, no, you like get on that thing and ride that wave, right? And so when the girl, Charlie and Chloe were in the ocean, I was like, no, no, like I just went out. They didn't ask for my help. I was like, nope, I'm inserting myself into the situation, right? Like, this needs some help here. And I just like, hey, here's what you do. You get yourself on your elbows, you hit the top of the wave and you ride down, right? And you just, you go. And the bigger the wave, the better it is. Don't settle for a sissy wave. We'll get to that in just a second. Um, get the right wave, right? And so they were, they started learning. They started getting on. In fact, Chloe ended up being better than me at the end of the trip. Um, I was like, shut up, kid, right? I was like, you don't know anything. I taught you everything you know. But I was out in the ocean yelling like a crazy man. I was like, whoa, go, 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 you know, and they did a great wave. I was like, that's amazing. It was fun. We had a blast. And, and here's what I've come to learn. Parents, we will teach our kids sports, teach them how to be a good baseball player, football player, basketball player. We'll teach them how to do good in school. We'll teach them how to work hard. We'll teach them and we'll be involved when it comes to them learning how to play an instrument and all these different skills. We will teach them pointless things like how to boogie board properly, right? And yet when it comes to their romantic life, when it comes to their dating life, we sit out and we don't have, we, we say nothing to them. We say, we don't ask questions. 
We don't interject. We don't help them set standards. We just watch them and hope they don't make a mistake. And I'm sitting there going, what in the world as parents are we doing? To me, it would be like me taking this pocket knife, right? And me going down the four and five-year-olds and just chunking it into the room and being like, have at it, kids. Like, you know, try to figure this thing out, try to figure out how to open it and not cut a finger off or stab somebody in the eye. Run real fast with it. Run, 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 right? Like, no, no, no. That's what four and five-year-olds are going to do. What do you do? You don't give four and five-year-olds a knife, but what do you, you teach a kid how to use a knife? You teach a kid how not to cut their hand off and how to use it properly, right? And how would, why, why would we not be involved in something that is probably the second biggest decision they're going to make? Right? The biggest decision you and I will ever make is accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And the second one is who you're going to marry. And so many of us, we get caught up in the cuteness of their dating. Aren't they cute? Look at them. They found someone, right? We're like, they're so cute. But don't, don't get deceived by the cuteness of dating. Understand, they are setting they are forming habits and they are setting standards for who will eventually be their spouse and what habits they will carry into their marriage and parents a simple truth is this they need you involved in that and so many times we sit out and we're like i just don't know what to say you don't have to know what to say just get in there and coach them up and help them to do it right because the hope is that we teach them and we train them and we help them so that they don't injure themselves in an area of life that's a really, really big deal. Deuteronomy chapter 6 says this, and this is a scripture we read to all the parents when we're dedicating children. It says this, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Moses is talking to the parents. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Parents, can I tell you? Part of us loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength is following God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength in every area, not just in some areas. And you and I are called to help our kids live that out. We're to talk about it. We're to instruct them. We're to show them because you can't reproduce something you aren't, parent. And I hear parents say all the time, well, my parents were never involved in my dating life or in my romantic life. And I would say this, that doesn't mean they shouldn't have been. And it's not that you are the know-it-all and you're running the house, but you are being a sounding board and you are understanding what type of person they're dating What's their standard? Do they have standards? What are they looking for? Have some proactive conversations so that you can guide them and you can lead them. Because hear me, parents, your kids need you. Even if they're newly married, your kids need you to be their parents and not their buddy, especially in, their area, in this area. So stop being their friends long enough so you can be their parents and you can guide them and you can direct them in the way that they should go. Coach them up, teach them right, and show them how to do it right in this area. The second way that you and I have boogie boarding type of love is this. We understand that not every wave is the right wave. Not every wave is the right wave. And this is getting ready to get real good. All my single people out there, this point is for you. 
when I was out in the ocean, I saw all these waves. I mean, waves are coming constantly. It's not like it's Big Splash or Safari Joe's where they turn on the wave pool and everybody runs. Like, whoa, woo, Safari Joe's wave pool, right? No, waves are coming on a constant thing. And, and here's what I had to understand. Just because the wave was available didn't mean that it was the right wave for me to take. And there are some of us here, you are settling for available instead of right. There are some of us that we are single and we think, oh, this, this person's available and I might not have another person come my way, right? How crazy would it be for me to think, I've got to catch this wave because there won't be another one for two years. So I better catch this one or this is my only shot at it. And yet that's our same strategy when it comes to dating. And we think, if, if you're at a place, single person, you think something's wrong with you because you're single, let me stop you there. There's nothing wrong with you because you're single. And until you get from that place, you're not ready to date. Because if you start dating, that person will become your idol and your whole life instead of a compliment to your life to how God has created you to be. There is a big, big difference. But here's what happens. A lot of times... A lot of times, we take what's available instead of what is right. We take what's available instead of what is right. And sometimes people are available for a reason. They're single for a reason. If she's already high maintenance right now while you're dating, run, baby, run. Like, it may be fun to go on a date one time with somebody that's high maintenance. It's not fun to do life with somebody that's high maintenance. Just ask my wife. It's not fun, right? <laughs> if they're a hot mess, and if they've got a temper problem right now, ladies, it's not fun to live with somebody and be married to somebody who has a temper problem that's only going to get worse instead of getting better. And just because they are available doesn't mean that they are the right one for you. And here's what I would tell you. Many of you, you are taking what's available instead of waiting for the right wave, and you're missing out on all that God has for you. You're missing out on the right person, the incredible person that God has for you. And I would tell you this, okay and available is always the enemy to great and incredible. Okay and available is always the enemy to great and incredible. And it says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 through 15. Do not be equally bound together with unbelievers. Don't make mismatched alliances with them, inconsistent with your faith. Some of you are dating somebody who's not, who it doesn't match up with your faith. You're in a relationship with somebody that doesn't, it's inconsistent with your faith. And the Bible is saying this, Paul's saying this, don't do that. For what partnership can righteousness have with lawlessness? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and Satan? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? We've heard this scripture before. Don't be unequally yoked. Here's how I would break it down. I've come to a place in life where I no longer eat cheap, bad pizza. Don't do it. Amen. Why? Because I am 45 years old now. And I have to watch what I eat. And I have to be picky and selective about what I eat. And I don't get to eat pizza on a daily basis or all that much. So when I do partake in pizza, I am not taking what is cheap and available. I'm taking what is good and incredible. 
And, not, and that doesn't mean incredible pizza, right? I mean, I, I, I'm not... I'm not going to CC's. You're never going to see me at CC's Pizza. Just, I'm just, well, they've got this macaroni pizza. That's not pizza. That's not pizza. That's macaroni put on some, what, what are we doing? And here's what I want to tell you. Some of you, you have cheap, bad pizza theology when it comes to your relationships. And you're settling for people... <laughs> They're cheap, bad, and available. And here's the danger. You're settling for what is instead of what should be. You're settling for what is instead of what should be. And the danger of it is this. If you keep eating cheap, bad pizza long enough, you develop a taste for it. Right? You start digging in the trash for Totino's Pizza long enough, you keep digging in the trash for Totino's Pizza. All right? <laughs> Man, some of you, you are developing a taste for somebody who you know, you know, you know you aren't supposed to be with. So don't settle for somebody who's not right for you. The other thing is this, is okay is not even close to incredible. Okay, an okay person, like, hey, what kind of guy are you dating? He's an okay guy. Oh, that's a great descriptor. If you're describing them as okay right now, they're not that good. Here's what would happen. I would get impatient, right? When I'm boogie boarding, I'd get impatient in the ocean. I'd be like, man, I'm just going to take this one. I think I can make this work. It's not that bad, you know? And I'd jump on the wave, and I'd be like, ah, oh, that, that wave totally sucked, and I, I didn't like it. I was like, ah, right? And you know what happened every, almost every single time? When I took the okay one and the not so great one and not that bad of one, a huge monster wave came afterwards. And I was like, dang it. And I'm back, like I'm running back in the ocean like a little kid. I'm like huffing it with my boogie board and all I'm missing is the zinc nose. You know, I'm just like running as fast as I can because I'm trying to catch the great incredible wave, but I never caught it because I settled for what was available and okay. And okay is not even close to incredible. And Proverbs chapter 19, verse two through three says this, enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. Haste makes mistakes. This is one of my favorite Proverbs. Impatience, hastiness makes mistakes. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. And I see people all the time get impatient. They settle for okay because they thought their life would be in a different area than where it is. They thought that they would be married by now. They thought that they would be in a, I'm 16 years old and I thought I'd be in a relationship right now. You know, like, hey, where, where, where you at, fellas? I, I thought I'd have my first kiss by now. I thought I would be at this stage in my life by now. And what happens is we become impatient and we get hasty and haste makes mistakes. And we, in our own foolishness, we ruin our own lives by our own foolishness, because we become impatient, and then what happens? We get mad at God. Why would you let this happen? Why, why would you let this occur? And we come to this place where we settle, and when we get impatient, we are very seldom wise. And some of you, in your impatience, you have made foolish decisions, and here's a descriptor of the guy you're dating. Well, he's an okay guy. I think I can make this work. If I make some tweaks... If I make, he's not that bad. And the truth is, he's not that good. 
She's not that big of a whore, right? That's a great description. She, he's not that big of a man slut. Why, why, what are we doing here? And if this is what we're saying and this is what we're telling our friends, can I tell you, you know, you know this. You know they're not right for you. And you're never going to experience incredible and great and all that God has for you because if God can surely bring animals from all over the world into an ark two by two, right? If he can open blind eyes, if he can open the Red Sea so that the people can walk across on dry ground, I am pretty confident that he can bring you the right man, the right woman at the right time for your right life. If you will just be patient and realize every wave, every person, every available person doesn't make them the right person. Third way to have boogie board love is this. Not everyone will, can, or will want to hang with you. And that's okay. Not everyone will, can, or will want to hang with you. And that's okay. That Tuesday when I was down on the beach, the waves were really, really big. And people didn't know what they were doing, like hurt themselves. I saw this little kid, the dad's out there with his little son. And I'm just kind of watching because the waves were big. And they were like right where they were crashing. And this board just, boom, hits this kid right in the nose. Like, why are you just standing there? And I'm like, what are you doing, Dad? Like, teach him up, right? Like, the whole first point, like, come on. And, the, I mean, his nose just starts pouring blood, and he starts crying. And I'm like, Dad, that's on you, bro. Like, that's totally on you. You got, you got to teach that boy better than that, right? I saw this guy come in, his toes all broken um, because he was doing it wrong. And, and here's what didn't happen. When that happened, I wasn't like, you know what? Maybe, maybe I need to come in where it's a little safer, and there's, I don't have my wife and my children here, so if something happens, you know, they won't know that I'm dead. I'm like, dude, if I'm going to die boogie boarding, come on with that. Like, your dad died boogie boarding. Tell me that story. Like, how did he die on a boogie board? Like, are you serious right now? I, I, here's a, a lot of people couldn't go to the depths or handle the size of the waves that I was able to handle, but I wasn't coming in because nobody else was willing to go with me. And some of you, there are going to be people that you start relationships with, that you are dating, that, that are your friends that aren't going to be willing to hang or be willing to step up or be willing to grow up and be the man or woman of God that they have, that God is calling you to be. And they're not going to keep the standards and they're not going to meet the expectations and don't you dumb down God's plan for your life. Don't you dumb down and come in out of the depths because somebody can't handle it and somebody can't hack it and somebody's not a man or woman of God. Some of you are settling for boys of God and girls of God instead of mighty men of God and mighty women of God that they are who they say they are and show who they are on a Sunday morning and they're the same person on Friday night. That guy's out there. Don't dumb down God's plan for your life because you're the only one that could come in from the shallow. 1 Corinthians 15, 33 through 34. Don't be fooled by those who such, say such things, for bad company corrupts good character. I love this next verse. Think carefully about what is right and stop sinning. Okay. When's the last time you thought carefully about what's right when it comes to the area of your relationships? Because what happens is we become too emotional and not enough spiritual when it comes to our relationships. And we just go with the feelings. 
And if it feels good, do it. And if they look good, go with them. And if this person, if that person, and we just follow our emotions. And the Bible's saying this. No, no, no. Understand, don't fool yourselves. Don't be deceived on this. Bad company, it always corrupts good character. Married couples, oh, it's your turn now. You know what? You're hanging out with couples you know aren't good for your marriage. Couples are engaging in things and they're living a lifestyle. You know, you know this. You know you shouldn't be around and you shouldn't imitate their, what they are doing and who they are. And you think you are absolutely immune to it. You're not. Don't fool yourselves. Bad company always corrupts good character. So, think carefully about what is right. And stop sinning. Let me give you a few questions that will help you determine what is right. For all you single people out there, what kind of person should I be dating? Not, not what kind of person am I dating? What kind of person should I be dating? Dot, dot, dot. Really? Like, come on. Are they who you should be dating? Or are they just the person that was available to date? What kind of boundaries should we have? Oh, man. Talking about boundaries. Let me say this, because not a lot of pastors will say this anymore because it's not real fun and it's not real cool. And you know what? I stopped trying to be cool back in junior high when I realized I'm never going to be cool. So here, here it is. If you're not married, you shouldn't be having sex. Say it again. If you're not married, you shouldn't be having sex. It says, the Bible says keep the marriage bed pure. Right? So what kind of boundaries do you need to have? And it's not seeing how close you can get to the line without crossing it, right? Oh, we got real close, but we haven't crossed over yet, right? Like, like, what are you doing? Stop. What kind of boundaries should you have? And do you have those boundaries? Don't, don't, here's what I would tell you. Don't apologize for having standards. Don't apologize for having great, incredible expectations. It's going to bring a great, godly, incredible man or woman into your life. Third thing this, are we leading one another closer to Christ or closer to compromise? And married couples, what kind of boundaries do we have as a married couple? And not everyone's going to understand your boundaries, married couples. Some people may make fun of you. Oh, you have a shared Facebook account. Okay, who cheated on who, right? Because that's the first instance. Like, oh, somebody doesn't trust someone. By the way, me and Casey have separate Facebook accounts, just in case you were wondering, like, oh, it's personal. No, it's not. What kind of boundaries do you guys have? And some people are going to call you paranoid, and some people are going to call you extreme. That's fine. Not everybody's going to hang with you. Not everybody's going to want to hang with you. And that's fine. Let them keep going. But you own up to God's plan and call on your life, and don't dumb it down because people won't go to the, to the depths of what God has for you. Fourth thing about boogie board and love is this, is if you will be willing to invest more in it, you'll get more out of it. Married couples, if you will be willing to invest more in your marriage, you will get more out of it. Very beginning of this trip, there was a key moment. We're at Walmart. I'm not a huge fan of Walmart, but we're at Walmart. 
and we are going boogie boarding shopping besides grocery shopping and we come to the boogie board aisle right and there's a $15 boogie board, there's a $25 boogie board, and then there's a $50 boogie board. And I'm sitting there going, Dave Ramsey says 15 or 25. Dave Ramsey says 15 or 25. But my heart's saying 50, right? And I'm looking, I'm like, 15, 25, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50. And so do you know what your pastor did? He bought the $50 ones. And it was the best decision of my entire financial life, um, which is maybe a little bit of an exaggeration. But... We invested more in, can I tell you, those boogie boards were phenomenal. Everybody else's boogie boards are cracking and like, I can't go anywhere because your boogie board sucks, right? Like, I'm like, we invested more into the boogie board and as a result, we got more out of boogie boarding. We had a better time because we were willing to pay the price up front. We were able to enjoy the outcome of what we invested in. And can I tell you, your marriage is the same way. And man, we've come through COVID the last year and a half. I'm like, can you just stop? Everything, we've gotten distant, we've gotten on each other's nerves, all these things have happened, everything, everything, we wanna blame everything on COVID. Can I tell you the reason you're distant in your relationship has nothing to do with COVID and everything to do with you stopped investing in it. You stopped investing somewhere. And you've just been taking withdrawals and withdrawals and withdrawals and expecting things to happen. And you've been keeping score. And you're like, man, their marriage looks great. And man, their marriage looks great. And I wish my husband treated me like this. And I wish my wife appreciated me like this. And why aren't we investing? And why don't I feel loved? Because you stopped watering the grass, right? And the grass isn't greener on the other side. It's greener where it's watered and where it's worked. And some of you stopped working and watering on your relationship and working on it. And as a result, you don't like what your relationship looks like because you stopped investing in it and some of us were at this place and our marriage is in trouble and we're on each other's nerves and you're sitting at home right now on the couch and it's really awkward because it's just the two of you and you're like I don't know what to do right now here's what I would tell you stop keeping count and lose count start serving one another well what what when you say supposed to be investing what are you what are you talking about I'm talking about this we're spending time together while well, sleep in the same bed every night no 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 are you spending time with one another because you actually want to spend time with each other are you communicating dadgummit Justin she talks all the time Are you listening, guys? Maybe the reason she's talking all the time is because you're never listening. And ladies, if his ears are starting to bleed, that's a cue for you to stop. He cannot take anymore. <laughs> are, you, are you guys communicating? Are you guys just talking about the day-to-day -day business, or are you guys connecting and communicating? Are you guys dreaming? When you, got, when you were dating, when you were engaged, right, you talked on the phone every night after you got done with a date. What did you do? You called each other. Now you text each other, right? But, but anyways, you, go, you know, and you got on your phone, and you're like, I love you. No, I love you. No, I love you. I love you. And you've been talking. You went on a date, and you've been talking for an hour, and it's this whole hang-up thing, right? Like, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. And you're like, okay, on three, and one, two, three. 
oh, you didn't hang up, right? And, and they're still there, and you're like, you didn't hang up either. And it's disgusting and great. Why? Because you communicated, and you loved each other, and you were investing in one another. And it was fantastic. And married couples, you got to spend time with each other. you got to communicate with each other. you got to establish boundaries with one another. you got to keep investing sex in your relationship. Man, that was your moment. Dad, gum it. It's not coming back ever. I'm never going to say that again. If intimacy is lacking, you're in trouble. You got to be really intentional. Hey, listen, all you with young kids right now. Sometimes the magic isn't all magical. Sometimes that magic's got to be scheduled. Better to have scheduled magic instead of no magic at all. It's just real talk. Better to schedule taking a wave than to miss the wave completely. I'm just saying. And some of you, you're just, oh, wait, I, he, he doesn't need it. Oh, yes, he does. I'm just being honest right now. Are you investing that in your relationship? We'll move on because it's getting really awkward right now. Are you learning to be unselfish? Because our natural pull is to be selfish in our relationships. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, it says this. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave his life up for her. Man, Paul lays the gauntlet down. He says, don't love her enough to keep her. All right, there's another translation that says, Christ loved the church in such a way to bring out her best. And are you loving your wife in such a way you're bringing out her best or are you getting on her nerves? All right, are you, are you busy serving her or are you busy telling her all the ways she's disappointing you and how she's not like this wife and that wife and this wife and that wife and all that you still need? Or are you learning to be unselfish just like Christ was when it came to loving the church? That's how you and I are called to be. Because here's what I would tell you. When it comes to our marriage, the goal is to go far. Not to go fast, but to go far. Right? When I got on a wave on the boogie board, the goal was to ride it into the shore. Not to just ride for a second and then crash. No, no, no. But to ride far. I've never met a couple when we're doing the marriage and the ceremony and everybody's up there and they're like, so, so what's the dream? What do you guys see? Your, man, I hope this marriage just goes really fast and it's done with, right? And like, no, 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 that's not the goal. You just, you say, I hope we live our life together. We're celebrating our 50th anniversary and our 75th anniversary. And you know, we just grow old together and it's like the notebook and we die in each other's arms and they discover who I am at the end, right? We, we have these, these things, but can I tell you, when you're riding some of the waves when you're boogie boarding the ride gets a little rough on the incredible waves like you would have to catch it right before it's breaking and you jump and then you go down it and then the waves breaking on you and you just kind of shaking you're like but and you're like I'm I'm like getting salt water in my eye and my mouth because I'm yelling like wow you know and I throw it's going ah. I know it sounds awful it was a blast and the goal was to get to the shore. And can I tell you, there are going to be some bumps in your marriage. 
There's going to be some hard times. There's going to be some trying times. And here's where I see people missing it and selling out. They say, well, they don't make me happy anymore. And God wants me to be happy. Where's that verse? Because I miss that. And I even read the message translation a lot. I tell you, God's not so much worried. I'm not saying God doesn't want you to be happy, but here's what I will tell you. God's way more concerned about you being obedient than you being happy. Because he understands if you'll be obedient, it will lead you to his promises and his blessings, and that's a way better life to live and a way better way to live your life. Because if all you are doing is basing life on your happiness, that's a very fickle way to live. And you're going to let go on every person and on everything because they no longer make you happy. And you're going to jump to this person and you're going to jump to this relationship and you're going to go from this divorce to this divorce to this divorce to this divorce because God wants, you're buying into a myth that's not real. God wants you to own up and man up and woman up and be the person you committed to be to that person when you made your covenants before them and God and instead of taking the bait and selling out and saying, well, they don't make me happy. Well, I bet you don't make them happy either. Grab on, grow up, get through the hard times and realize the goal is to go far, not just fast. God wants the best for you. So hear me, I got to stop. I could do this all day long and I'm going to in third service. Lucky them. As your pastor, man, I want the absolute best for you when it comes to your relationships. When I'm preaching this stuff, when I'm talking, you say, well, that's just not true for me. No, it's true for you. And the reason I can say that with such boldness is because I love you, and I, want, I don't want anything from you. I want everything for you today, and I want you to live your life in a better way, and that better way is his way instead of your way or culture's way. And so if your relationships are going to be all that God has intended them to be. Take some cues from a guy that rode a boogie board all week long and understand there's some pretty big parallels so that you can make it far, so that you cannot get injured, so that you can make sure that you don't miss out on the right incredible person God has for you and the incredible relationship he wants you to live out. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. <coughs> And God, I thank you for today. I thank you for your goodness. And I just ask right now, I ask for every single person in this place that, Lord, their identity would not be wrapped up in whose arm they are on or whose hand they are holding, but their identity would be in what the Savior is of their life. God, I pray that they would understand just because a person is available doesn't mean it's right. And so don't let us settle for okay. Man, when you've got great for us, because okay's not anywhere near incredible. Okay's not anywhere near great and all the great things you have for us. <coughs> so God, let us have standards. And let us not apologize for it. God, I pray for every parent today that, Lord, we would get in the game. That we'd be active, that we'd be alert, that we'd be aware, that we'd be involved. 
we'd realize in this big area of our kid's life, we have a role to play. So Lord, don't let us shrink back from that because we don't know what to say or we don't know what to do. But let us at least try. Let us at least try to be active in helping our kids not to harm or injure themselves in this area, but to guide them and to coach them up. And Lord, I pray that we would not dumb down your plan for our lives. That we would not shrink back in a culture that constantly wants us to apologize for having convictions and following your word. I pray that we would not be those people. But that, Lord, we would follow your word and we would follow your plan and we wouldn't be timid and we wouldn't apologize for it. But we would be bold about following you because you have great things for us. So, Lord, I pray for every marriage in this place that they would go far, that they would go the distance, that, Lord, when it's hard, when it's difficult, that they would grab on, they would hold on, and they would continue to serve, and they would continue to be unselfish, and they would continue to invest and invest and invest and invest so that they could get more out of it. Because the goal isn't for our relationships to look like everyone else's. It's for them to stand out from everyone else's. So, Lord, move. Be with us. Help us be more like you in this area. It's in Jesus' wonderful name. I pray with heads bowed and eyes closed today if you're here and you say, Justin, I'm here and I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Maybe you're here and you, where you're at in your relationship with him, you know, isn't where you should be. I'm going to tell you, if that's where you're at, whether you're married, whether you're single, whether you're dating, until you get this straight, every relationship you find yourself in will be dysfunctional because you can never function as God has created you to function in a relationship until your relationship with Him gets right. And if that is you, man, there's no shame. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. We want to invite you to a better way to live your life. And I'm going to count to three, and all I'm going to ask you to do is raise your hand, and we're going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. One, two, three. If that's you, if you just raise your hand, yeah. Is there anyone else? You just raise your hand, yeah. There's two individuals that raised their hand. Is there anyone else? You just join these two people today, yeah. Is there anyone else? You join these three hands today, and you just say, Justin, that's me today. Man, that's me. And I, I know, I know there's a change that needs to happen. And I know there's some things that I need to get right. And you just say, that is me before we go any further in service today. Is there anyone else? If you raised your hand, <coughs> if you'd repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart, Jesus, I come before you today. And I confess that I've sinned, that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. I confess that where I'm at isn't where I should be. And so I turn from the life that I was living, I repent of it, and I turn to you. And I grab hold of the life you have for me. I ask that your grace and love would enter my life. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv.
We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.